This is the St. Longinus's Baptism podcast channel. We're going to be doing a new section today. Um, the new section I decided is going to be on spiritual warfare and how spiritual warfare correlates with actual human warfare. And the, uh, the title of the series is going to be The Principles of Spiritual Warfare. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all other evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, this is kind of a... I don't know how to explain it, but basically this is a carryover from my rant of uh, about a week ago, a week or two ago where I said, you have to know your enemy. And after I got done with that, I realized that this, this particular topic, uh, spiritual warfare, um, to those of you who have an understanding of military uh, dynamics, um, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Um, basically, when you start reading up about how the military works and what it does and the various aspects that go into it, you realize that it's a really deep subject and it can be plumbed very, very deeply. It's the same thing with the spiritual warfare. Um, as I said in the introduction, um, uh, the principles of actual earthly warfare can be applied if if you have the military knowledge to the aspects of spiritual warfare. I'm going to try to translate that on this series. I'm going to try to take military principles and apply them to spiritual warfare principles. Now, as I said in in the the podcast the what i called rant number 1 um nowadays they're talking about four dimensional warfare um before i started that podcast i was thinking that that could be applicable as well to uh actual spiritual warfare um but because you know the podcast it was supposed to be a rant, and it was not supposed to go for over an hour. Um, and I realized that in order to cover everything that I wanted to cover, um, it needed its own separate. It needed its own separate uh, section to do that. So, this is that section. Okay, so. Um, basically, as I said earlier, um, in, in, uh, 
regular warfare. They talk about 4D warfare. Um, there's also 4D spiritual warfare. And it covers these four aspects. The spiritual, which has to do with your soul. Um, basically, the spiritual are your sins, your faults, and your weak... Um, your character defects that leave you open for spiritual attack if you're trying to be a uh, devout and pious person. The second dimension is the body, and basically um, the way you get attacked there is through illness or accidents. The third dimension is the mind, uh, mental illness, um really strong emotions you know let's say you're married and your wife leaves you um that can affect the mind or uh you're really close to a pet and it gets run over by a car stuff like that and then the fourth is the temporal dimension and basically the temporal dimension is the stuff in your day-to-day -day existence that happens or as I put in my notes, random crap in life. And basically, random, random crap in life is just exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you get in a fight with your wife. Um, somebody breaks your window. Uh, you get mugged outside of work. Uh, your boss... Uh, your boss makes you work overtime when your kid's soccer game's going on, stuff like that. That's the temporal aspect of it. Now, as I said earlier, and I don't like repeating myself, um, what I would call um, secular warfare principles, in other words, you know, Human warfare principles can also be used in spiritual warfare if you've either served in the military or are familiar with the principles of the military. So, uh, the first thing I want to talk about, um, and by the way, these, these are going to be military principles, but I'm going to be applying them in the spiritual realm. One of the first military principles you learn is know the terrain you're fighting in. Um, in the spiritual realm, you want to you want to fit your spiritual warfare into your particular circumstances. Um, what I'm talking about in your particular circumstances. Uh, the schedule you work, some people work eight hours, some people work less than eight hours, some people work up to 12 or 16 hours. Um, your lifestyle, uh, are you married, are you single? Um, and, and the type of people you deal with on your day-to-day -day ex uh, existence. Now, for married people, it would be their kids, their wives, their neighbors, their friends. For single people, that would be basically your coworkers, uh, 
any boyfriends or girlfriends you might have, um, the guys you hang out or the girls, the guy, the, the friends you hang out with when you have free time. Um, you want to, you want, when you're doing spiritual warfare, you want to, uh, you want to fit your, your tactics and your strategies to whatever your state in life is. Now, a second principle is know your weaknesses, minimize your, um, and I'm, here I'm talking about spiritual warfare. You want to minimize your sins and your faults and your uh, bad character. And uh, in order to do that, I would recommend a good Catholic guide on the seven deadly sins. And also, if you do get the guide, I would highly recommend if you're thinking about becoming more devout, more pious in your worship of God, to also getting a book on the four temperaments. There's a, book, a Catholic book on the four temperaments, which basically you fill out a little test, and after you get done, there are four temperaments. Um, most people have two temperaments that they're, you know, that they're really high on, those are going to be probably your main temperaments. And then um, in this, in the book I'm going to recommend in the show notes, it's going to tell you the particular strengths and weaknesses of these particular temperaments. But if, if you're going to do spiritual warfare, this is going to help you to know yourself better. And by the way, um, any... You you read any manual on war, it'll it'll tell the prospective commander you gotta know yourself. And um you also want to maximize your spiritual virtues. Um a Catholic guide to the seven cardinal virtues would be helpful. That uh basically with with the seven cardinal virtues, it's giving you something because we're human, you know, nobody's perfect except for Jesus. Um, it's gonna give you something to work on, it's gonna give you something to shoot for. And just like anything else in life, I'm sure there's some people who are office managers or just some sort of managers, you know, corporate's always giving them like goals that they got to reach. That's the same thing in the uh, spiritual life. Now, the third aspect is most great military leaders modeled their tactics and strategy off of other successful military leaders while using their own methods in battle. In other words, um, some generals would use uh, uh, Caesar as as a, a role model, as military leader, um, but they would adapt their own their own methods into implementing the virtues that they were taking off of him. Now, in the spiritual life. 
books about the saints and books written by the saints about this spiritual life are invaluable. As I said in my rant, uh, these, well, first of all, books about the saints, they give you a role model. And because they're saints, you may not reach that particular level of holiness, but it gives you something to shoot for. And then the books written by the saints about this spiritual life are basically your manual on how to improve yourself spiritually. So you're walking closer to God. You're becoming more pious. You're becoming more devout as a Christian, or I should say as a Catholic. Christian's a misused word nowadays. The, um, the next principle is know your weapons and how to use them. That's obviously a military principle, but could be used in the spiritual life as well. Um, you can't use another country's weapons and use them effectively if you don't, number one, understand how they work. Use them in a way that they were not designed to work. Use them without understanding the tactics and the strategies that they were designed for. And having been ex-military, um, I can guarantee you every weapon in the U.S. military was designed for a specific purpose. And there's an overall, it, they, they were made for a particular strategy and um, tactics. And then if you hold in contempt the warfare doctrine that they were designed for, just as a quick aside, I served in the U.S. Army in the 80s. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of the M1 tank, the Apache helicopter, and the Humvee. All those weapons, and I do realize we're talking almost 40 years ago, but when those weapons were designed, um, there was an overall doctrine, there was an overall warfare doctrine that they were designed to complement. They, they, you know, they just weren't random crap thrown together and given to the military. Although if you followed uh, the, uh, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, you'd find that hard to believe. But no, they, they were actually um, designed. There, there was an actual doctrine designed for them. And, and in the spiritual realm, this this particular uh, this particular statement I'm about to make is aimed directly at Protestants. If you do not understand or violently hate Catholicism, Catholic spiritual warfare tactics are at best going to be ineffective. Now. You know, those people with eyes and ears who can hear and understand what I'm talking about are going to, I don't have to explain this concept. But for those of you who um, 
who, who out of ignorance or whatever, don't understand what I'm talking about. Basically, if you think Catholicism's full of crap, and you're trying to pray the rosary, it's not going to be effective. Because you're using something that's designed for Catholics, but you're a Protestant and you think Catholic Catholicism's full of crap. That's, that's as easy as I can put it. Now, if you are a Catholic, this goes along the lines of using... Um, as as a uh, a craftsman would say, you use the right tool for the job. Same thing in the military. You know, you don't you don't use a flamethrower when you're in the middle of a ammo depot. Okay. <laughs> um, but as an example of using the right tool for the job, you don't want to pray a whole five decade rosary if you work ten to sixteen hours a day. I mean, if if you if you're the type of person who can operate on a couple hours of sleep and you feel like you got to do that, you know, if you can operate on a couple hours of sleep, you know, and you don't have kids or whatever or a wife that, you know, needs a lot of attention, go ahead and knock yourself out. Um if you are working 10 to 16 hours a day and are married or have kids, or, or even if you're single, really, my suggestion would be a chaplet. And basically, a chaplet is just a 10-decade uh, rosary. Um, so, you know, 10 decades, you, you probably could do that in under 10 minutes. And you're 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 still doing the praying, you know. You're still asking for Mother Mary's help. Um, asking a particular saint for assistance with a particular spiritual um, problem is useful. Um, you know. Obviously, this is directed to Catholics. Protestants are going to have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, certain saints, they're, they're patron saints of certain causes, certain kinds of problems. Um, now, that doesn't mean that if you have an affinity for a particular saint, but, but, their, but their specialty isn't in the particular spiritual problem you're having, you could still ask them for their assistance. I'm just saying, you know, one of the nice things about being Catholics are is that um, different saints have different specialties. So, um. Another thing, too, is frequent confession and communion is a must if you have access to the sacraments. Now, obviously, the, what I'm talking about is not... And by the way, when I, when I say the word Catholic, I'm not talking about the Vatican II sect members. I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the Catholic 
the, the, the kind of Catholics who go to the visible Catholic church because that is not um, that is not the actual Catholic church. It's a Protestant imposter. I'm talking about sedevacantists or true Catholics. Um, obviously, if you're sedevacantists, you're not, you may or may not have access to a, um, a nearby church to get the sacraments on a daily basis. Um, if this is the case, there, there are some people in America, I can't speak for the rest of the world. There are some people in America who get one mass a month, which probably makes their lives really interesting. If, but if you're, you know, um, by the way, I'm one of these people. So if you're like me and you get access to the sacraments once a month, my particular solution to this problem is, is I try, if possible, every night to do a general confession and then an act of spiritual communion. Um, can't speak for anybody else. It, it, it's working for me. So, um, sacramentals like holy water, the scapulars, and the St. Benedict's medal help against spiritual attacks. I, uh, I compare them to like spiritual body armor. So they, they, they're, they're very useful if you're, if you're intent on, you know, growing your spiritual life. Um, now in the, in the realm of the secular military, Soldiers, especially elite soldiers like the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers, and the Green Berets, train their bodies for upcoming missions. Um, you know, they, depending on whatever their mission is, they will, they will train their bodies to a certain degree to accomplish whatever it is the mission calls for. Um, in the spiritual life, um, I would say mortifications and penances are the key to spiritual warfare. Because basically, not just, not just your, your, your inner sinful nature, that's not going to be the only thing that's going to be your biggest enemy when you're trying to grow in piety and um, devotion to God. Uh, your body itself is going to be an enemy too. So what you're going to want to do is, is keep the, addic the addictive stuff down to a minimum and train your body um, by the way, St. Paul talks about this in uh, the epistles where he compares the spiritual life to like a race. And in that context, he was talking about the Greek runners who ran marathons. They, you know, 
those of you who do physical exercise know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the same thing in the spiritual life. Um, the more you discipline your body, the less is going to give you issues when you're trying to grow closer to God. And by the way, given present day circumstances, and I'm talking secular now, I'm not even talking spiritual. Um, should this dumpster fire of a society blow up in the near future, if you've been disciplining your body, you're going to be at less of a disadvantage than some Yahoo who is just floating through life, uh, you know, without even thinking about, you know, what happens, what happens if this society goes down. Now, another aspect, once again, either spiritual or uh, temporal, um, for those of the, who don't know what the word temporal means, basically it just means worldly. Uh, another um, principle is, is overconfidence, complacency, or ignorance will get you killed in a real-life battle or in, in a spiritual battle, basically. Be humble and be low-key. Um, during the Vietnam era, they had what were known as long-range patrols. These were guys who would be... Um, they would be helicoptered in, uh, depending on the mission, anywhere between 20 to 40 kilometers inside enemy lines. And they would be set down in a remote location, and then they would patrol for a certain distance. And basically, um, their orders were not to engage in combat unless they were spotted by an enemy patrol. Their orders were to just observe and um, let's just say that they're out on patrol and they're, they're looking around and they see an enemy base camp like five kilometers away. Well, then they call in airstrikes and artillery in on that base camp. But they were, they were not to directly take on the enemy because they weren't armed and equipped to do that. And um, the reason why I'm raising this issue is these long-range patrols last longer in battle than, say, just a regular infantry platoon that's sent up against emplaced enemy fortifications. You know, a direct assault. Um, you know, uh, anybody who, who, who's familiar with military history knows that a direct assault on an enemy emplacement, uh, emplacement will probably end up causing heavy casualties. And by the way, these long-range patrols, when they called in airstrikes and artillery, they didn't stand out in the open. 
waving at the enemy. Hey, we're we're calling in an attack. They um they were hidden and they were camouflaged. If possible, try to get a spiritual director. Now, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Um, that's not possible for me. You know, one mass a month, I'm, I'm not going to have a chance at a spiritual director. So if you can't get, a, if you can't find a spiritual director, my advice would be to try to find an experienced Catholic, fellow Catholic, who can kind of guide you, teach you, mentor you into what you should be doing. And by the way, that's all a spiritual director is. He's a mentor. Now, an army or a group of soldiers are useless without NCOs and officers. Obedience is the key to being a Catholic. Priests are trained for the purpose of getting you to heaven as safely as possible. And that kind of goes back into the military aspect. Um, for those of you unaware, the Marines have a reputation for a reason. Um, basically, the Marines have a reputation that if you tell a Marine to crawl through uh, 10 meters of barbed wire and attack an enemy machine gun emplacement that, you know, that has like 20 soldiers in it, you know, they're going to do it because obedience is drilled into them from boot camp. And um, obedience to your spiritual superiors in the spiritual life, uh, the principle's the same. Now, if you do find yourself without leadership or support, educate yourself as best as you can and be as disciplined as much as you are able. And by the way, if you're really serious about growing in spirituality, the mortifications and the... Um, the mortifications and the um, oh shoot, I forgot the word I was going to use. Um, oh, penances. The mortifications and the, the the penances will help discipline you a great deal. Um. And as you grow closer to God, you will be able to recognize the promptings of the Holy Ghost, and you will be more able to be more obedient and wise and discerning in things spiritual. Well, not just things spiritual, but things also in the world around you. And um, as, as part of this, too, your confidence and trust in God 
that's the first thing you got to learn when you start this journey. Um, in, in, in military terms, the best, the best military units are the units where the leadership is, is trusted and the people that are underneath are totally have total confidence in their leadership. That's why the Germans were so successful in World War II. So, um, uh, trust and confidence in God is that that should be the first thing you should be working on when if you decide to take this course of action. And if you do decide to take this course of action. In addition to praying for trust and confidence in God, I would also pray for an abundance of wisdom and discernment. And I'm for right now, I'm I'm, you know, this is about the spiritual life, so I'm gonna talk about it from that aspect. This is important because you need to discern, you know, what is coming from the Holy Ghost and God. And what may be your own sinful nature, because um, if you're new to the spiritual life, um, you may be doing something and you're thinking you're being, you know, you're being holy, you're being pious, you're being devout, when in actuality, you're not. You're, you're, you're not following God's will. You're following your own will. And that's a, that's another aspect of the spiritual life. Um, like I said, you got to be totally obedient to God's will. You can't be doing your own will. And anyone who's been in the military will tell you, um, you try going into any branch of the military service and doing your own thing and see where that gets you. And just like in the military, your attitude is everything. Listen to those who know and have been there. Use your common sense. And if your spiritual leader is weak or ignorant, just like in the military, I, I had a lot of bad NCOs and officers but because it's the military, you can't say, hey, lieutenant, why don't you get your, your head out of your butt and do it this way? You, you can't do that. You can't call them out like that. So if I, if I, when I was in the military, if I ever had like an NCO or an officer who was weak, I just basically tried to stay out of that guy's way. And I basically did things the way that I knew they should be done, but I I just kept it on the down low. I you know, and um, I kept my mouth shut. You know, and um, should should uh, should one of those NCOs or officers come up and say, "Well, why are you doing it this way?" Oh, I'm sorry, LT, or I'm sorry, Sarge. I thought you wanted it done this way. You don't want to call attention to yourself and you do your duty to the utmost of your limits. 
and you don't stop until the mission's accomplished. And I can't stress this last part enough. For all that is holy, whatever you do, do not underestimate your enemy. Now we're talking about, well, I mean, either either principle could apply, either in the spiritual warfare or real warfare. But in the spiritual warfare, it's especially deadly because your enemies are demons. Okay, demons do exist. You know, this, despite what the uh, Vatican II sect imposters might claim, hell is real, Satan's real, and his demons are real. And guess what? They're immortal, they're not subject to time and space, and they're supernaturally intelligent. Um, you know, they're, they're not, in other words, they're not subject to the same limitations that we are as human beings. If you get complacent or slipshod in the spiritual life, they will smoke you on the spot. Or if they're particularly malevolent, they'll allow you to to just skip down the path blissfully unaware, and then they will lay you a nasty, nasty trap, and it's it's gonna ruin it's gonna ruin uh it may ruin you, okay? Um, attention to detail is just as important in spiritual life as it is in the military. A missed prayer, an overlooked sin, or a wrong attitude could come back to haunt you later if you're not careful. The military runs on discipline and routine, so is the spiritual life. Um... For those of you who are Catholic, who've ever uh, read about monasteries or nunneries, um, they have a set they have a set routine and they have a set way of doing things. There's no deviation. As a matter of fact, if you're a monk or a nun who is in the cloistered life, who decides, oh no no no, no I don't need to listen to the superior. I'm going to do things my way you're probably going to end up getting booted out of that order. A good military commander will change tactics or strategies if necessary. Be flexible if things aren't working out. In other words, if you're trying to take, uh, in, in the military realm, if you're trying to take an objective and your usual tactics and strategy aren't working, then you need to be flexible enough to adjust whatever it is you're doing so that you can have success with that particular attack. Arm yourself as best as you can, not just with physical material like the sacramentals, books, stuff like that, but also spiritually. Uh, prayers, the sacraments, and devotions are like a clean M16 and hand grenades are to a soldier. If you're unfamiliar with military operations, in other words, if, if you know, this kind of thing, you know, um, you don't know about it, 
or you weren't interested, but you want to kind of get in a flavor of what I'm talking about, um, you don't have to waste a lot of time and resources autistically studying, you know, this particular topic. And when I say this particular topic, I'm not talking about the spiritual life. I'm talking about military life. Um, the easiest thing you can do is try to find a vet either within your family or a friend or a coworker and just ask them if they got any stories and just shut up and listen. Now, some guys, they were damaged by what they saw. They're, they're not going to tell you crap. Some guys, you know, they'll, 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 they'll bend your ear as long as you're willing to listen. So, um, just, uh, my advice is if you get a vet that's willing to talk to you, just shut up and listen. Conserve your time and resources. Great military commanders make the best with the least in the fastest amount of time possible. Just like knowing your military's warfare doctrine, uh, national goals and propaganda, you have to know yours. Once again, I'm talking about the spiritual life. Um, you know, every soldier um, is, is taught, you know, as they go through their basic training and stuff, they're taught, this is why we fight, this is why we do things the way we do it, and this is your enemy, and, you know, they're, they're told. And in the spiritual life, you, you got to do the same thing. It's not enough to tell your enemy he's wrong, but you also have to tell him why he's wrong. As St. Paul says in his epistles, study to show thyself approved. One of the first things to learn, well, I'm sorry, one of the first things you learn as a soldier is to recognize the three types of civilians that you're going to encounter in a combat zone. The first are uh, your allies, um, but you, you know, what you also have to bear in mind is, is um, these people that you think are your allies could actually be double agents. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying some of them could be double agents. Um, the second type are the neutrals. They don't want to be on either side. They just want to be left alone to do whatever it is they do, and they don't want to bother with anybody. Now, with the neutrals, what you got to watch out for is some of the more devious ones will try to play your side off against another. In other words, when your enemy does a patrol through their territory, they'll tell your enemy, oh, yeah, I, I saw your enemy. He's, he's over there somewhere. And then when you do your patrol through his territory. He'll say, oh yeah, your enemy's, your, your enemy's about five kilometers away through the forest. So some neutrals tried to play one off against the other. And then obviously the third type are your actual enemies. Don't waste time, resources, or, or effort. 
I'm going to repeat that. Don't waste time, resources, or effort. And I'm going to use a couple examples. The first example is trying to get married when you have a porn addiction. And I know some of the more secular people out there are going to say, but if, 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 if I, if I, if I, uh, if I uh, can't get laid, if I can't get, if I can't have sex, uh, that's why I watch the porn. So I need to get married. Well, um, addiction strikes different people in different ways. But my experience, if you're addicted to something, um, it doesn't matter if you're married. You're, you're still going to watch the porn. And by the way, if you're, if you're married and your wife doesn't know you watch porn, or if that kind of thing offends her and she finds out you're watching the porn, yeah, you're, if you're lucky, she'll take you to a marriage counselor. If you're, if you're really unlucky, she's going to take the kids half your paycheck and uh, you're going to be living in like a cracker board apartment. The second example I was going to uh, I'm going to use is marrying a girl who doesn't hold your religious truths. In other words, if you want to be really devout and you want to be real pious in your following a God and you marry a chick that goes to your church who's just going there because it's an obligation or you know, all her friends are there at church and that's why she goes. In other words, if she, if she doesn't share your, your devotion and love of God, you're going to have issues. Now, that may not be, that may not be a particularly hard issue to overcome. It depends on the person and it also depends on how strong your spiritual life is. But I'm just saying, um, it's, it's going to cause you issues. Pick your friends and your allies carefully and be skeptical of everyone and everything until proven otherwise. And by the way, that last part, to me, that's just a good life, life uh, philosophy. It, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, you can use it in the spiritual life, but I mean... To have this kind of attitude just in life in general is going to make your life a whole lot easier. Research your enemy's position so that you can fight it better. You know, um, especially if you're set of a contest. Uh, being a set of a contest is kind of like being in an observation post an isolated observation post in the middle of enemy territory in the sense that you're surrounded by enemies and it's just you and maybe a couple of your squad mates and whatever weapons you have. And that's it. There's no backup for miles around. And in, in, in the case of set of a contest, not only, I mean, okay, First, we got the atheists. Then we got the 
uh, people who may not be atheists but are totally secular. Then you have the Protestants. And then you've got the Vatican II sect members whose leadership, I'm not talking, you know, the guy who goes to the local Vatican II church on Sunday. I'm I'm talking about the apologist and the leadership within the Vatican II church who are doing everything in their power to convince people, the ignorant, who don't know, that set of accountists are a bunch of trailer park lunatics who who are ignorant and, 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 uh, don't know what the heck they're talking about. So learn, learn your enemy's position and, um, you know, learn it so you can fight it. Avoid people who are weak or ignorant. Now as Catholics, that. Uh, Bear with me, guys. I, I know that sounds terrible because we're supposed to be Christian. But bear with me. As Catholics, we have to be charitable. And we do. We do have to be charitable. Um, Actually, even though I don't consider Protestants and Vatican II types Christians, um, if they're even serious about serving God... Um, then yeah, they, you guys got to be charitable too. But, um, the reason you have to be charitable is we have our own set of problems and this is where self-knowledge comes in. And part of self-knowledge is humility because it's hard. It's hard to make fun of somebody or look down your nose at somebody when you are just brutally aware of your own weaknesses and shortcomings, I mean, that's if you're being honest with yourself. I realize there are a bunch of narcissists running around who who do that exact thing. You know, they'll they'll make fun of people or they'll put them down or call them names or whatever when they've got glaring, glaring faults and sins. But they're they're so narcissistic, they either don't know or they don't care. Um so yeah, we have to we have to be charitable, but at the same time, it does not mean you make problems for yourself. And what I mean by that is is you know, if somebody is weak um or ignorant. You, you don't make them your best friend. You, 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 matter of fact, you don't make them like a close friend at all. You just make them an acquaintance. You know, uh, you might have a beer with them and shoot the breeze over some generalized topics. But, you know, you don't, you don't want to be having long, in-depth conversations and tell them your life story. It's not a good idea. Now... And we are getting to the last part. As a last principle, trust only who you know and watch carefully who you don't. There are a lot of people who call themselves Catholic, and I'm talking about the Vatican II types, who don't realize they've been... um, They've been infused by the enemy's propaganda. In other words, 
the whole Vatican II church, it's, it's basically a Protestant church with Catholic trappings. So these people actually think, oh, yeah, we're Catholic. You know, we got the saints. You know, we got the Eucharist. We're, we're Catholic. But in actuality, because they're ignorant, um, they don't realize that, no, they're, the, 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 the church that they're going to has more in common with the Baptist church down the street than it, than it actually does with actual Catholicism. And then there's also another type of Catholic who will swear up and down. He's, yeah, he's got your back. He's Catholic, you know, Catholic to the hilt. And in actuality, no, he's not your friend. He, he's, he, he, um, he, he's not a set of a contest. He's actually a Vatican II type who just wants to, um, humiliate and discredit you as at the first earliest possibility because either he's just a sadist and he gets off on that or two um you know he he has his own set of purposes okay guys so this is the end of episode one of Spiritual Principles. I hope you found this uh, informative. Um, I hope you found this uh, enlightening. Um, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, God bless you. I'm praying for you. Take care. Bye-bye.